Ari Rosenbaum here with another uh, fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about the rules of uh, engaging with uh, 401k plan providers for plan sponsors. So it's the rules of 401k plan provider engagement. Of course, first things first, live events coming up. Um, You still have time, about a week, to sign up for Minneapolis on the 24th. And on the 29th, we conclude our rescheduled events uh, at Planet Houston, uh, Minute Maid Park. Go to that 401ksite.com for further information. Minneapolis, we have a great guest, Antonio Oliva, probably a future Hall of Famer in, in my mind. Uh, as well as Houston, we will have Phil Garner, uh, former Astros manager, 79 Pirates, 86 Astros. Uh, I think he was on the 74 A's as well. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, last week we had St. Louis. It was nice to get back on the road for the first time in 18 months. Um, attendance was a little off, but that was expected with... Uh, the Delta variant and, and whatnot, but uh, great guests with Al Roboski, um, had fun at the Cardinals game, uh, it was a great experience, um, for those who were able to attend the game, tickets were pretty good, great stadium, great feel, really enjoy what St. Louis did with the Ballpark Village, hotels, restaurants, and whatnot, um, kind of, it's funny, they, we had the event Cardinals Nation, which is, um, like a restaurant uh, slash catering hall across the way from Bush Stadium. And um, if you notice in Cardinals Nation, they also have like these um, uh, rooftop balconies a la uh, Wrigley Field. Um, so it was interesting to, to be there for that, for the for the presentation and lunch. Um, and of course, go to that 4 ksitecom for further information. Of course, in January, we will be back live. Um in Las Vegas, uh, New York, New York Hotel and Casino, um, you know, and, and hopefully with this Delta variant and move variant and whatnot, we can, you know, schedule some events for 2022. We'll see how that um, transpires. Uh, you know, there's certainly uh, quite a few cities that I'm interested in, in having events and, and, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, it's a tough time. I mean, I understand the um, you know, Napa had some issues, obviously, with getting attendance. It's, it's hard to uh, really, um, you know, schedule events. Um, you know, I had people who, you know, paid for the event and, you know, wanted to run the event virtually. I, you know, I get that. It's it's a very, very challenging time for all of us, any of us who are in the events business uh, for holding events for either plan providers or plan sponsors. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is the situation that, you know, the hand that we're dealt. We'll see how it goes. Um, and, of course, like I said, go to that 401ksite.com for further information on all the events. And, of course, the at 401k National Virtual Conference, before you know it, it'll be January, January 28th, 29th, uh, $20.22 to sign up. Um, when dealing with hiring 401k plan providers for plan sponsors, it's not really an easy process. Many mistakes can be made. Uh, many mistakes have been made. Um, you know, again, I always talk about, you know, mistakes I've made and I think the mistakes I've made, uh, when it comes to hiring people, uh, certainly fall into the home contracting, uh, space. Uh, I find it a, a business where there are a lot of flaky people who are contractors, 
a lot of inexperienced people are contractors. And I want to say in the in the uh, 16 years that I lived in my house, I, I, I've gone through like five or six of them. Uh, one of them I had to sue. A few of them I had to make complaints about, um, you know, for varying things around the house. I think if you add all the contractors, you know, including the waterproofing company and all that stuff, you're probably looking at 10 or 12. And, you know, the, the difference between, you know, hiring a home contractor is if I screw up and I overpay, that's on me. Uh, but as a plant fiduciary, I can't do that. Um, you know, when you're responsible for the retirement assets of employees, as a plant fiduciary, you just can't do that. There may be personal liability for, for screwing up. So that's why I always think it's important for um, plant sponsors to be uh, diligent in hiring plant providers. Um, you know, the first things first, I think it's important for plant sponsors to speak to several providers of the same type. Um, I, I, I want to say the biggest mistake I made when hiring uh, was a waterproofing company. And I just talked to, you know, I had water coming out of the floor in my house. Um, needed a French drain. You know, I did Google and I found the first contractor that I, that I found uh, and hired them, you know, after talking to them. Had I done a little research and, and talked to a couple of them, you know, I might have found out that, you know, there were a lot of complaints with them, with the Nassau County um, uh, contracting agency or, or, or whatnot. And I think, uh, you know, it's important to talk to two to three plant providers of the same type. So when somebody asks me for a recommendation, plant sponsor, I'll give them two to three uh, names and, you know, let them see what's the best fit for them. You know, and of course, that funny story always about my old law firm and I gave... Uh, I gave the uh, HR director, you know, a handful of names of advisors that they should talk to. Needless to say, Pat uh, hired the one advisor that was not on my list. It was the list of uh, another uh, plant provider who recommended advisors. Uh, I think it's important for the plant sponsor to dic dic dictate and determine for them what's the best fit for them in terms of plant providers. Um, you know, um, I think the reason that I do that again is is learning from my mistakes as 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 a as, a, as, a, um, as hiring a home contractor. Different plant providers have you know certainly different levels of service. They offer different experiences and they create different levels of expectations and they charge different fees. So I think that's many factors in hiring a plant provider and um, you really can't feel what's the best fit if you only talk to one of them. Um, I think it's important that the plan sponsor realize it's their decision regardless so they're the ones who should make it. Working for TPAs, I would see, um, you know, TPAs develop relationships with the advisor and then the advisor would go through the whole trouble of switching all their clients to this new TPA. Uh, you know, I understand that there are, um, 401k advisors that want to put all their block of business at one TPA, uh, that's really great for the advisor, but I don't think it's necessarily great for the plan. Uh, I think it's important that the plan sponsor ultimately makes a decision because unless they're hiring, you know, a, a 316 administrator, they're on the hook for, you know, hiring and firing plan providers. Next, 
you know, I, I think that any decision to select a plant provider has to look above board. Um, it has to look rational. It has to look completely above board. Um, never hire a plant provider just because they're the cheapest. That's not really rational. Um, hiring someone just because they're big isn't rational either. Um, I think they're, you know, when hiring a plant provider, um, there really needs to be rational reasons behind it. Um, you know, looking, you got to look at cost, competency, experience, level of service and fit. Um, and it has to look above board. You know, I come from the school that if it looks bad, it is bad. Um, uh, you know, I have a school board here uh, in, where I live in Oceanside, and we have more people on the school board with uh, relatives on school district payroll than we have kids in school. And I don't care what, you know, this one guy says, the fact that, you know, two of his sons now work as custodians for the school district I don't care if he abstained from the vote, which he did. It still doesn't look right. It looks underhanded. And, you know, I think that plan sponsors when hiring plant providers, everything has to look above board. It can't look underhanded. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's important for plan sponsors not to select uh, the relative or employee's relative or someone connected uh, that benefits the plan sponsor whatsoever, um, such as hiring the bank uh, that you know holds the plan sponsor's line of credit. Uh, the 401k plan for a plan sponsor shouldn't, uh, again, act like my school district. It's not a place to be a patronage mill. And as far as selecting and reviewing all the competing plan providers, um, you know it, it's got to be memorialized in, in, in plan files as to why a certain decision was made. I think it's also important that every contract be reviewed. Um, you know, I always come from the school of, you know, we got to take people at the word until we, we can't. And the problem is that sometimes people promise one thing and their agreements don't reflect, you know, those promises. And I think any contract offered by a plant provider should be reviewed by an risk attorney to make sure the promises and claims made are in there. Too many times plant providers will make promises or offers and whatnot, and um, they don't keep those promises in the pro proposed contract. I mean, I have seen, not recently, but years ago, financial advisors who said they would act as fiduciaries and disclaim any fiduciary capacity whatsoever in the contract. So it's important that the promises are there. And I think, you know, again, from my personal experience, termination fees and, and termination notices as well. Um, you know, in the end, uh, every plant provider is going to be replaced one time or another. Um, and I think it's important to understand what those uh, notices and uh, fees uh, for terminations are. Um, you know, whether this is a surrender fee, the conversion fee, whatever it is, there has to be something specific. Um, you know, like I said, you know, many times before, I had to deal with a TPA, you know, fairly recently within the past year that I had to file a complaint with the Department of Labor over termination costs and whatnot uh, and discrepancies and vagueness in, in the agreements. Um, you know, I think that the, the problem that plant providers don't understand is when they proffer vague contracts, and they are the ones drafting the contracts. Any vagueness 
or you know, interpretation is always going to be held against them. Uh, you know, I don't like surprises. Uh, you know, when I had kids, uh, we had an ultrasound. We knew what they were going to be. Um, I think that it's important that a plan sponsor act in the same way and, and, and avoid surprises by having a, a, an ERISA attorney review a, a contract. Next, I think it's important that um, plan sponsors allow the providers to do their job. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, they got to make sure that the plan providers actually do their job. I, I, too many times I, I've seen advisors uh, make money. I just recently dealt with a plan sponsor that was paying a uh, advisor 25 basis points on an $11 million plan and, and did nothing for it. It always uh, pertains to my joke about milk carton providers, meaning uh, these are people you haven't seen. Um, and uh, uh, you, you can't pay an advisor to show up not to show up, you can't pay an advisor to do nothing. Um, it's important that, uh, you know, that we understand, uh, you know, plan sponsors or plan fiduciaries, they can't pay providers to do absolutely nothing. It's a breach of the fiduciary duty. So I think it's important that plan sponsors make sure that the plan providers actually do their work. Um, next, um, have the plan providers reviewed. Um, obviously, a plan sponsor asks, plan provider how they're doing, they're not going to say we're doing a crappy job. They're always going to say everything's perfect, everything's fine. Things might be fine and things might not be fine. And I think the problem is, is that compliance errors and issues regarding a 401k plan is that they're not usually caught until um, something happens, a change of TPA many years later or, or a government audit. The problem with errors and issues is that the longer it's not detected, the more expensive it will be to fix it. So that's why I recommend that a plan sponsor uh, reviews their plan providers to make sure that they're doing the job effectively as promised. Um, they'll, you know, a lot of ERISA attorneys, a lot of retirement plan professionals will do a bang-up job in terms of, um, you know, giving a seal of approval for the plan providers and whatnot. Um, and, and that's why, you know, again, uh, you know, I hate surprises and, there's nothing worse than that surprise of a plan error detected on a government audit. Um, I also think it's important that a plan sponsor uh, notice any plan provider changes. Um, you need to be aware of any changes that they're actually going through. They get purchased by somebody else. They merge with somebody else. There's a constant turnover employees. I worked at a TPA where I joked that the uh, we should have employed, uh, we should have replaced our front door with a revolving door because of the turnover. And um, I think that a huge turnover uh, at a plan provider is a, you know, certainly a pause for concern, especially if you have relationships with people who are no longer there. Um, you know, if your plan contact changes every six months, that's a problem. Um, and quite honestly, I know quite a few plan providers, including companies that I work for that were ruined because they were bought by somebody else. Um, you know, you've seen plan providers suffer when the next generation of the family-owned business takes over. Um, 
you know, there are a lot of good providers that don't remain good forever. Uh, so there are, you know, outside elements uh, that you can't control, but you need to be concerned with. Uh, you obviously need to be concerned with any changes that could impact your retirement plan provider um, and the level of service that the 401k plan receives. Last but not least, um, when firing a plan provider or changing plan providers, um, I would say you need to be a mensch. And uh, mensch, I think, is one of those great words, Yiddish, um, which I don't speak. Yiddish is a uh, interesting language. Uh, Hebrew is the language of the state of Israel. Um, what's interesting about Hebrew was that it's a biblical language that about 120 years ago, I want to say, well over 100 years ago, uh, it was modernized. Um, so that the people who were living in uh, Palestine, which is now Israel, uh, mandatory, the Palestinian mandate, the Palestine mandate, um, there was a language for them to speak. And, and a guy by the name of Ben Yehuda took uh, Hebrew, made it modern, uh, and, and you know people spoke it. They decided that they were not going to use Yiddish as a language. They thought Yiddish... Yiddish is a interesting language because it's effectively, it uses Hebrew letters uh, when you're reading and writing, but it's uh, based on German. It's mo mainly German with some Polish thrown in there and some Hebrew and some English. It's, uh, uh, it's like a soup, <laughs> uh, but uh, Yiddish is a very interesting language. I, I didn't speak it. That was the uh, secret language of my uh, parents and grandparents. But in Yiddish, uh, there's a word called mensch, and mensch is somebody uh, with integrity and honor. And, um, you know, firing a plant provider is probably one of the hardest things that a plant sponsor can do. Um, I've had to do in the retirement plan business. I even hire, had to fire a good friend of mine as a financial advisor on a plan over a dispute that didn't involve me, and, and it was very, very difficult. Uh, it was between, you know, two advisors, and I, I had to, to, to change one. And, you know, as Michael Corleone, uh, Michael Corleone said in, in Godfather Part 1, it's business, it's not personal. Um, I try to treat people the way I want to be treated in life, and most of the time it works. And I think when a plant sponsor needs to fire a plant provider, they need to be a mensch. Uh, even when the plan provider was terrible, I think that the plan sponsor needs to have the higher ground and leave them with, you know, a sense of honor. Sometimes it doesn't happen because the plan provider takes things personally. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's agreeable until they're not. Uh, and again, they may take things personally when you fire them. Um, again, I, like I said, I had to report a provider to the Department of Labor. Uh, I wanted to leave admirably. Uh, with honor, and unfortunately, I couldn't. They wanted to charge my plan eighty thousand dollars in fees that they weren't entitled to, and I wanted to uh, negotiate that, and they refused to negotiate. And uh, I think is I think it's important that you know as as long as the plan provider doesn't cause any negligence to the plan. I think it's important to not stiff them. 
pay them what they're owed. However, you know, if they're not entitled to the money, don't pay them. Like I had to do with a certain TPA. And uh, again, like I said, firing a plane provider reminds me of the uh, MTV television show, The Real World, which was filmed to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. And I will assure you that plant providers too often get real because they got terminated. Uh, you know, they, they are cooperative. They're nice. They're, uh, they do their heck of the job. And when you fire them, again, they take things personally. And again, if that happens, I think a plan sponsor needs to contact an ERISA attorney uh, or get the Department of Labor involved. I hope you enjoyed this episode of that 401k podcast. Um, again, that 401ksite.com for further information on our Minnesota and Houston events, as well as Las Vegas and that 401k National Virtual Conference. Uh, and I hope you, uh, you're back next week with another fun-filled episode of that 401k podcast. Thank you.